Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of The State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, alongside, as always, Paul Gillieri. Paul, we've got episode, four, what is this, four? Four. Part four of our tribute band series. And before we get rocking and roll and introduce our next band in this series, we've got to tell the people they've got to subscribe. They've got to they've rate. They've got to rate and they've got to review. Exactly. Get on there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Spotify. Uh, what else is there? They got the, the Google Play. You got your uh, Amazon. Did they say that already? Carrier Pigeon, whatever it takes. Stitcher, I think is a thing, uh, I'm told. <laughs> so get on there. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, State of Love and Trust underscore pod on the gram. Lots of good conversations there. Lots of good content there. Blah. There we go. Housekeeping done. So, Paul, this episode four, this part four, this third band, they come from a town called Lima, Peru. And mm-hmm. we heard about these guys from uh, Diego, the singer of Corduroy, who we spoke with last week. He knows and has been friends with for a long time, uh, Lufo and Guti, who you'll hear from in just a few moments. Um, man, I, I wish we could have gotten uh, Jeremy, the drummer on the show. We got everybody else. We got uh, Jairo and Luis as well. Um, what are we looking forward to here? You know, one of the things that I I love about these interviews, Jason, is um, the way these bands come together and the songs that call them to Pearl Jam's music and the way they describe those songs as part of the soundtrack of their lives. And what fascinates me are the various tracks from various... I mean, look... A lot of them are are similar for all of us, right? I mean, if somebody says, "Oh, I I saw the video for Even Flow and I was hooked," right? I I mean, there's you're preaching the choir. (laughs) How many Pearl Jam exactly? I mean, that's almost like a rite of passage, right? Yeah. That being said, um, it's what you do with that introduction from that point on. Mm -hmm. Uh, For for some folks, they they start a podcast and just talk about it all day long, right? (laughs) Uh, For others, you know, um, they they gravitate towards trying to recreate that experience in part as an homage or tribute, but also to, to, to share that experience, to share that love of this music that invigorates and enlivens them. So, and one of the things that I really appreciated in our interview here with, with red mosquito, and I don't want to give too much away, obviously, but this, this idea of say, hey, I'm going to learn a Pearl Jam song, but I'm not just going to learn the studio version. I'm going to learn how to play some of the quintessential, most well-known concert versions of it. Mm. And, and you made uh, a mention of this in the interview where, where you point out, you know, it's the level of commitment and dedication that we see in bands like, you know, Black Circle and, and Red Mosquito and so on and so on that really separate them, I think, from your garden variety tribute band. And because Pearl Jam is known as a live band and many of their members are on record as saying that half, if not the majority of the reason they even want to do a studio album is to give them an excuse to go play live. (laughs) Uh, To be in a tribute band is, is, is sharing in that circle, so to speak. So I think that our listeners are in for a treat with this band and I hope everyone enjoys this interview. Well, I couldn't agree more. And uh, we'll just get right to it. We've got Guti, Jairo, Lufo, and Luis from Red Mosquito. All right, as we continue our Pearl Jam tribute band series, we continue with a fabulous band from Peru, it's Red Mosquito, and we are joined by uh, Guti, uh, Luis, Lufo, and Jairo from the band. Hello, guys. How are you? Hello, hello. 
fine. Hi. Jason, hey guys, thank you for the invitation. Hello guys. So uh, let's first get the particulars out of the way and what do each of you guys do in the band? Uh, I'm the singer. I do like better, like better. Like better. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm the singer for Red Mosquito. <laughs> and your name is? Jairo. Jairo, okay. Jairo Valares. Yeah. I, I am uh, the bass player. My name is Jeff Ament. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Lufo. Um, I played bass. Who, who else? Guti. I'm Guti. Well, my, my actual name is Gustavo, but everybody calls me Guti. I play the rhythm guitar, so I, I'm like Stone Gossard. Um, and Luis <laughs> is the uh, lead guitar. Luchito McGray. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the particulars of, of how you guys each got into Pearl Jam, how you discovered the band, what made you fall in love with them. And Lufo, let's start with you. Well, um, I'm 40 years old. Uh, when I was 13 or 11, 93, 92, uh, I, it was the first time that I heard Pearl Jam. So uh, I'm, I start to play music with a grunge movement and the whole, um, you know, Soundgarden, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots. Was the first stuff that I heard when I was uh, discovering music. So, uh, but Perlian was, was different. Uh, I remember and at that moment I was crazy about Kurt Cobain and Irana, but when I, when I saw the, the five guys playing, uh, I remember a concert in Atlanta that some, um, a little radio from Peru shows only, is, they transmitted like, like, like the whole concert and it was, Amazing. And, and was this 1994? 1994. Very famous 92. show. Yes. Yeah, 1994, I think, in, mm -hmm. in Atlanta. It's a very famous show. I, I saw it uh, later on, but I was uh, amazing when I saw the, saw, um, the, the Temple of the Dog. Mm. You know, Chris Cornell and, and Perliam together. Um, I was uh, impacted about that, you know. It was crazy. So, like that. Guti, how about you? Well, in 1991-92, I was very into Metallica, ACDC, even Roxette, you know, music from that time. She's but got the look. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great tune. So... Uh, MC Hammer, New Kids on the Block. The right stuff is a great day, song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one day I heard a song from a weird band and I didn't know who, were, who they were. So it was like 1993 and it was Daughter. Uh, that was the first song I, wow. I, I've ever heard from Pearl Jam. And honestly, at first time, I didn't like it too much. Uh, but I was like, listening to them like uh, gradually. So it, it, it started to like, just like organically. <laughs> but it was like, 1993, 1992. So Daughter was your first that was the time. introduction. Yeah, Daughter. Like, okay. yeah. All right. And uh, Luis? Bueno, la primera vez que escuché Pearl Jam fue en el 92, si mal no me equivoco, en una radio peruana que se llamaba Doble 9. Y lo primero que escuché fue Even Flow. Fue algo que me reventó la cabeza y, y no pude dejar de escucharlo. Okay, what, what he said uh, in, back in 1992, he listened to Even Flow in the Peruvian radio. That was the first time he, he listened to, to Pearl Jam. So that was the, uh, I mean, Even Flow is a classic song to get involved in uh, with. Uh, Jairo, how about you? 
you have to sing all this stuff. So where did you fall into place here? Yes, I think I was uh, 12, around 12 or 13 uh, when I, my first time I heard Pearl Jam. And I remember the Even Flow video, you know, it was like, uh. who's this guy? <laughs> I mean, this guy got it. You know, that was the first, the first thing that came to mind. And I just uh, right away became a big fan of Pearl Jam and, and Eddie, of course. That was just, uh, but my first album I discovered was the Versus album. It wasn't mm -hmm. 10 until six months later, I just uh, bought a cassette. Yeah, same here. You know? um, and my first song that I learned um, in, in the Versus album was uh, Review Mirror. I remember I, we, we were jamming with, in a house, a friend of mine, and he started doing this thing in the guitar. Dun, 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 And I remember, hey, I know that song. And I jump in. <laughs> Of the yeah. couch and reach the microphone and start singing. And they just turned to me and said, Hey, your voice is like Eddie, you know, we could do covers. So that's when I start. Speaking that's of covers, how, how did you guys get this together? How did you find yourselves getting into this, this tribute band? Uh, I think we got separate projects before. Uh, then later we got together. We, we, it was uh, for me it was a dream to find these guys because they are awesome musicians. So that's what I've been looking for, to be honest. Because uh, I had a prior band, prior band, uh, a tribute band for Pearl Jam, but it wasn't good as I wanted, you know. But with this guy, it's like, you know, it was everything was perfect. It was the same for, for, for us, too, because uh, there's a lot of musicians that, that get into the band and they go out uh, because we already have like 10 years playing or more. I don't know, Jose. 10 years, right? 10 years? A, uh, a little more. 2006 more. was the first year that Red Mosquito played, but with a very different lineup. Very different lineup, different singers. I think, um, uh, but with the time, we get each other. We know for another projects. We already have a, like our own bands, you know, like our, our own music. And then we 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 knew like every five of us love Perliam, so we made it. No, we make the band. Did you guys all know each other beforehand and just happen to be in different bands and then decided uh -huh. to? Oh. Yeah, almost kind of, kind of. Is anybody, was anybody random? Did anybody kind of come in like, oh, I've got a buddy that and none of you else knew who it was? Uh, the singer. <laughs> the Hido. singer. Yeah. Hido. I was yeah. uh, the, the last one to join this band, actually, because they had a other singer who is uh, uh, Paco is a good singer. He's a very talented guy. And also, also he's uh, with Lufo in the band. The, he, he played he with me a, in, in my project, uh, Original, the original songs. Project, original songs. Yeah. And, and after that, I don't know what happened with him at the time. I just, uh, I received a call from Jose and said, hey, I had a, um, a concert in three days. You can do it. Of course I can do it. I know all the songs. <laughs> 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 so if we, they, they fired him, I, I, I don't know, and <laughs> fired him and said, and the next day I began the rehearsal with these guys and everything was perfect. It sounded great. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like Matt Cameron coming into the band. We're like, okay, learn all the songs in two weeks. You already knew all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> of course I knew it all. Yeah. Most, yeah. Of them, yeah. most of them. That's tremendous. What would you say, um, and we'll start with Luis here, what, what, what is the, the best part about being in a band like this, a tribute band for Pearl Jam? ¿Qué es lo mejor para ti de estar en un tributo como, como este de Pearl Jam? ¿Qué es lo mejor que puedo tocar la música de mi banda favorita, definitivamente? <laughs> Pearl Jam es mi banda favorita y, y, no sé, cada vez que toco las canciones las siento como mías, ¿no? Ya me he apoderado de ellas ya. That's the he, point. He, yeah, Pearl Jam is his, his favorite band and he has a master the, the every song of the band and he enjoys playing them a lot. Well, I asked him earlier before we started recording, play me the most random song you can think of. We started playing I Got Id. So that was pretty cool. Is there, um, cool. well, I'll get to that later. Uh, the attention to detail. I've been watching a lot of your videos. 
and the attention to detail uh, in your playing is excellent. I noticed uh, Luis using the pickup selector on the garden solo, just like Mike. I noticed um, Jeremy's using the mallet drumsticks on Oceans. Uh, and of course, Hyro going full Eddie with the stage diving during the during porch. You got to do that. Do you consciously yeah. think to be so accurate or does it just come naturally by being massive fans of the Pearl Jam? For me, it's more natural. There's no plan how to act in the show. It's just uh, flow. It's the flow. Uh, and like I said, I'm a big, 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 big fan from... Uh, for me, to play in a tribute band, it's more like a big love you can give to a band that give us so much interesting and beautiful music. It's like, thank you, guys. Thank you for giving us this music. It's more like that. It's not like, hey, this guy is playing cover. Why you, why you don't just write your original songs? We all do original songs. We all have original uh, projects. But this is more like love, pure love. That's for me. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a lot of, of fun playing. I, I think that when, when I play uh, with my, my band, my original band, like, like he said, it's, it's, a difference, uh, it's different. It's a different sensation. And it's not like one better than the other. It's, it's, it's a different... Yeah. Vibe. That's it. And when when we play Pearl Jam, that is that we love so much for that many years, it's it's like 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 different every time. For for example, you you talk about Luis about playing um, guitar like Mike. There are some songs that that have a solo that you can touch, right? Like like the intro of Alive or something. But then he always make the same thing that McGreedy does every time. That never plays the same solo again and again. Mm -hmm. He always improvises. So Luis do that in the in the in our shows. He never plays the same solo, but we we try to to do it the the most. Uh, we try not to be the most perfectly like like them, but even the, those those kind of differences, we try to 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 take it. You know, like like them, and and it's fun. It's very fun to, to play Pergian, really. How do you feel, Kuti? Well, um, first of all, before I joined the band, I was a fan of the band. So when I went to the concert for Red Mosquito, I was ex expecting to listen to Pergian. I, I want to see Pergian here in Peru. <laughs> so when I joined the band, uh, what I try to do is like be Perlian. We have to be Perlian. We have to sound like Perlian. We have to do the things Perlian do. So that's why we try to do the things like exactly Perlian does. So that's our, our fans are very hardcore, hardcore fans. So I've noticed they know when yeah. they, they know. They know when, when we got a wrong note or whatever. So we need to be really uh, accurate. Authentic. Yeah. Luis, how do you feel? What is your part favorite of being in the tributo? My part favorite? Ah, qué difícil. My part favorite is. It's easy, huh? <laughs> to play Simple. guitar, man. You're the yo, lead yo, guitar. <risa> yo, este, yo aprendí tocando guitarra con Pearl Jam. O sea, no sabes la man cuánto disfruto tocar Pearl Jam. Me fluye tocar Pearl Jam. O sea, es algo como si fueran mis canciones. He learned to, to play guitar listening to Pearl Jam. So he, he's naturally the playing of those songs. They come out naturally for him. Me sé, los, los, me sé las versión, versiones en, en estudio, versiones en concierto. He learns also the different versions, the studio versions and the live versions of the most famous concerts of, of Pearl Jam, right? The most famous, that's, see, that's the attention to detail I'm talking about. That's incredible. That's, that's, that's wild. That's awesome. So I'm curious, as I know Jason is as well here, you guys are talking about the types of songs that really brought you in 
to the band mm-hmm. and the types of songs that you, you love to play. And so that I'm kind of curious, what, what are some of your favorite songs from the band, particularly the ones that you guys like to play? So if, if you had the chance to write a set list for a show, what would be the one song that you would want to make sure that your band plays? Mm. Oh, <laughs> That's I a think everyone question. Has a, Who should we start with That's here? Too hard. <laughs> Luis, I'm going to start with you. ¿Qué elijo una canción, dice? Si tuviera más que elegir una sola canción para tocar. Que tiene que estar siempre. Eyes light up. He's like, let better for 25 minutes. Me encanta Brett. Brett. Oh, Brett. Love it. Thank you. Perfect. I think I'd choose Tremor Christ. Ooh. Ah, nice. That's a good one. That's my favorite song, I think. Ah, okay. Lufo, what do you got? Uh, probably, um, uh, it's not it's, it's not my be- my favorite, but if I have to pick one that I always have to play, I think Yellow Let Better is like like our ending and it's mm. very nice with, uh, with the audience. That's easy. We try to... We play, we play, we play the, the lights like yeah, we do like we finish, <laughs> oh, we finish come our on. show. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we, you know what? We, we play like 33, 36 songs in our, in our shows. We try yeah. to yeah. do it very long, yeah. very long. <laughs> like Trojan did. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's our moment, the last moment that oh, we finish. Because well, you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's why I always play you know, better at the end. Jairo? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite songs, it's I Got I Did. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the other one, which I really enjoy to sing, it's Black Every Time. I, I, I want to ask you this I don't question, mind if I, I repeat five, five times in a no, row. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's my favorite Pearl Jam song as well, Black. Yeah. But it, there was a period of time and Jason and I have talked about this mm-hmm. on, a, on a prior episode. There was a period of time where Eddie didn't sing the song for a while. And he said during a live performance that the reason they took a break from singing that song was because it was a very difficult to sing. And so yeah. the song has evolved where it used to be Eddie's voice, you know, especially yeah. at the end was the highlight. But now you'll notice that it becomes more of like a Mike McCready solo becomes the, the big finish now. So... Yeah. As somebody who loves that song, do you do you find it difficult to sing the song? Is it challenging for you, Hyra, or or do do you do you think you understand why it would be why Eddie would say it's it's hard for him? Uh, maybe, maybe I, I get uh, why Eddie. Uh, so far, it's it's fine. I I can do it fine. It's alright. But Eddie, we all know Eddie's in their fifty now now <laughs> fifty five or something. Uh, he maybe it's difficult now for him. Um, actually, maybe in some some gigs, uh, uh, I had a, some something in my throat, so maybe that's uh, a little bit more difficult. For do do you prefer to play the song earlier in the show so this way you have the voice for it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, all the time we talk with Jose about that. The at least what where to put this on or where to change or sweep places because yes it's the uh, the vibes the feelings uh how rage in the singing uh, the song has um, it, there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of things around the set list so uh, so the next uh, time you do a show you'll start with daughter and then you'll do like around the bend and your last three songs will be black blood and leash. And if you have time, I'm in hiding. <laughs> and then you can do yourself. <laughs> the highest, yes. I, don't, I don't think Eddie could do this. <laughs> oh, man. Even what? Also, Eddie Deep. Eddie. Deep is very hard to sing. Mm. I don't know if Eddie is doing uh, in these last years singing Deep or Blood. Right? He's singing this song? It's, it's, it's rare. Less frequent. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah, it was frequent. So we're doing, obviously we're doing an interview uh, across hemispheres. and But even if you guys were in Los Angeles with us or we were in uh, Lima with you, 
it, uh, we had to do it via Zoom anyways because of this pandemic that we're all dealing with. Watching you do the shows that you do, watching the videos in the crowds, like you said, they, they absolutely love you and they hang on every note. How difficult has it been for you guys as a band to continue through this year? Have you done any virtual shows? Do you have plans? How has COVID affected what you do? I think Jose um, could answer that question. <laughs> Jose is the band manager. He doesn't want to chime in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's very, it's very, it's very hard because um, we canceled like like three shows in March that that it was already booked, and then we did, we didn't take a, a gig until um, one month. One month, uh, I think, what was. Uh, a private show, Cairo with acoustic guitar for a guy that, that has a, a, a birthday party, and they hire us to Cairo play by, by, by himself. Uh, without yeah, my son, like this. It's like I grab my guitar right now, Zoom, just Cairo. Everybody <laughs> is talking in the Zoom session, and that's it. But yeah, now we're, we're, we're trying to, to make um, some gigs, some virtual shows, um, you know, like like some places are already starting to get organized and and do the streaming things, and because um, at that time oh, we ha we only have a re uh, rehearsal studios, not for for streaming, you know. So now uh, we we're going to yeah. to do a lot of virtual stuff. We we try to do videos too. In, in quarantine, we play each other in, in, in our houses. Yeah, it's yes. excellent. Like, I, I loved um, having fun. I love Jeremy playing on his bed with the little pad drums. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and and if you notice, uh, he played the the kick with the with the hand. We, yeah. We, he, yeah, he don't have the 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 you know the kick for for the, the flute. accessory. Yeah, and yeah. They, and they and they, he do the the kick with the hand. So it's crazy. You know, I, there's something I wanted to challenge all these bands to do, and. It's just coming to me now, but it's something that I think I would like to ask all of you guys to think about. So you're familiar with Adele, right? The singer from, mm -hmm. from the UK. Yeah, yeah. So she, she made an appearance on Jimmy Fallon. It's a late night, uh, like variety show. Mm -hmm. And this was a few years ago and she got together. It was, it was the roots, the band, the roots, and it was Adele and Jimmy Fallon. And they took, uh, children's instruments. Like if you took uh, yeah. the instruments that you I find in a preschool and oh. they sang hello and it was such a unique experience. It would be really fascinating to see Pearl Jam cover bands playing Pearl Jam songs using different types of instruments, whether it's children's instruments or like banging on a surfboard with a wooden spoon, something, you know, like just oh. try to try to capture um, a part of the song or the essence of the song to you as a band, mm -hmm. but, but deliver it in a way that's very different and unique. It's something that I could see being shared all over the world, just because it would be such a fascinating experiment to see, but it was just something that came to me. Um, I wanted what, to ask you what, guys, hold on, hold on. what fake instrument would each of you use? <laughs> <laughs> you got pots, you got pans, Luis, that's your a guitar out of like fishing wire. <laughs> I, I do it with my voice. <laughs> it's like boys to men. <laughs> there you go, right? Yeah. So speaking of just of doing these types of shows, do you guys have any uh, hopes to come out here to the United States anytime soon? Once we get past the pandemic, obviously. Oh, we would love it. We would love it. We would love it. Um, let's make a, a scene. <laughs> there so we we have to make stuff um we know there's a lot of stuff going how on the, there how is this thing about uh, tribute bands in, in in los angeles there's few of them playing covers there's covers? i don't know how many are native to los angeles um as we mentioned corduroy the, the band we, we um that you guys are familiar with they are in san francisco area um, there is a band called No Code that is in I want to believe I want to say New York State or New Jersey, uh, back east. There that is cool name No Code No Code. Yeah, yeah. There's also a band called Vitalogy. That's uh, I'm not sure where they're from, but they I saw them uh, before all this pandemic happened uh, here in Los Angeles. 
So I think they're around, but I don't know if there's anything in LA. So you could just come here. You could just move here if you wanted to and become. They're they're good. They're good. Honestly, it's hard for me to say. You're all my children, so I can't. I can't. (laughs) Wouldn't be fair. Uh, I think it'd be great. I mean, obviously, it's difficult to get up here, but I mean. Have there been thoughts about that before to, 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 to try and raise some money and get up here and, and, and showcase what you guys can do? Uh, I, yeah. I think w- yeah. we, we didn't think about um, in a real way to do it. Maybe just in a conversation way, but that's, that's it. Not yeah, more, it's, it's challenging, than, I think, for, for a yeah. band to organize the travel and then try yeah. to get the promotional pieces in place. What would be interesting is because Pearl Jam is a type of band that has such a great live following, I think they're one of the few bands where you could arrange a festival for mm. Pearl Jam tribute bands. You could have yeah. five or six or seven tribute bands and each band plays like nine or ten songs and you would actually generate a really mm. big crowd because people love to hear this me live. Um, I don't know. I think I, I just gave Jason and I an idea for the future. Yeah. We, we might have to turn into concert promoters at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. We, we was about to, to make something like that with, with uh, some bands from Latin America, like one in Chile. Uh, that's a great one, idea. Yes, from Brazil, one other from yeah, Colombia, from and, and make, like, we go to that, uh, to that place and they to us, they, they, you know, they do the concert they, and when they come to Peru, we, we are in charge and, and right. like that, not a mini tour, something like that. That's this. a good idea. But it's a really good idea. We, we talk with Polaroid <laughs> too. And then, you know, San Francisco area, uh, the singer is a friend of, of, of mine from, from childhood. And we talk and, and some, some, sometime we can make the trip and make the West area, you know, from, Seattle to San Diego, like all that mm-hmm. that part in in cars in a, in band, like like you know having fun too. <laughs> a proper road trip. A, a proper yeah. road trip, like supposed to be exactly. Well, but I mean, the I- pandemic, you know, is, is stopped mm-hmm. the process, so we have to wait. Uh, but definitely, we're going to make it. And that festival that you mentioned, Paul, is a great idea, really. And, Pink Floyd do that, ACDC, the, uh, I know that this f- festival for tribute bands from, from that band, that kind of band, Perlium is, is the same, you know, we, we can make something like that. Well, like I said before, we've, we've watched your videos. Um, the crowds are tremendous. I, I, I imagine that that would be the case around South America if you guys were to do what you just mentioned um, with other... Pearl Jam tribute bands. Have you guys uh, ever, I think there's only been one show in Lima. Is that correct? In 2011? Uh, yes. Just one show. Yeah. Did you guys one go to show. that? Yes. Yes. I, I worked there. Yeah. <laughs> you worked there? Yes. Oh. yes, I worked there. I was the translator <laughs> of the, but the technique, you know, I'm a sound engineer. Oh. So the, the, the engineer of Pearl Jam in that moment, he was on the PA, you know, the, and I was like helping him with the technique, the equipments, and every, every um, you know, every, the part of the audio of the concert. And and it was an amazing experience, you know, like like be part of the of the of the show. Um, but well, I, I didn't meet any musician of Perlian. I saw them, but I ne- mm-hmm. I, I'm not so allowed to talk to them and anything like that, no. But but it was great, and I think every 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 of us went to the concert, right? Goody, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. I was in the United States at the time. Ah, you wasn't oh. here, right? <laughs> <laughs> the one time. <laughs> yes, yeah. But in two thousand and five, I w- I went to Argentina, and and I saw two shows there. Uh, Beautiful. And the first time that, that, that I saw Perlian was in the States and West Palm Beach and, and the Riot Act tour. Oh, in two, I was there. 2000, 2003 in the yeah, Lowe's. I was there. Really? That yeah. was my first Perlian concert. Oh, <laughs> shit. Man, really? Were you, were you in the lawn? Yes, in the lawn. Of course. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think I might yes. have been too. <laughs> yes, yes. Were we, you the because... guy that gave me that joint? 
<laughs> probably, probably, yeah, probably, yes, probably, probably. yes. <laughs> so so true, each other. Just giving out weed, like right? you know each other for a long time. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, we obviously Jason mentioned the crowds. We love the content that you guys put together live. I'm curious, do you guys have anything that you're you're trying to promote moving forward here? Hmm. Lufo. Oh, yeah. Your album, it's coming out. Yeah, the original album. How about that? Oh, yeah. Well, the Emergency Blanket band, album. Emergency Blanket. Emergency Blanket. That, but yeah, that's my band. Uh, we were going to release our, our five album for uh, 11, September 11. Four <laughs> album. Four. <laughs> yes. So, fourth album. Going to be, the fourth. We make our songs in English, but this particular record is. It's completely in Spanish, cool. but, but you can hear the, our last albums in, are in English. So, so as people listen to this, it'll be out. Um, it's out right now, if you're listening to this. So where can people uh, find it? Um, well, Spotify, right? YouTube, uh, well, Facebook, Instagram. We, we have the, the, the all um, internet mm-hmm. sites. Not to, all the usual to stuff. Promote. Yes, the, the, the official stuff. But you can hear the music, right? In Spotify, Apple Music, and every, every kind of um, Amazon music. Luis, do. do you have any, uh, any uh, personal music of yourself just shredding for 90 minutes? Because I love to listen to that. Luchito, te dicen si quieres tocar algún solo de alguna canción, no necesariamente Pearl Jam. Ah, si quieres, claro, cómo no. He's going to do it now. Five. Yes. What a treat. We are live. Let's, let's do it. Do it. I go peruano. Sí. I just took a walk on the Spanish Riviera. That was fantastic. Oh, my word. (laughs) It's tremendous. Guys, this has been so much fun. And I I feel like I'm saying this uh, every week, every time we talk to somebody, that that it does a great job paying tribute to our favorite band. But, you know, especially with with bands like Pearl Jam, who don't necessarily get to parts of the country in the U.S. or parts of the world that often. We just said they've only been to your country once. Bands like yours, especially ones that do it really well, uh, are such a gift because you get that, the, the feeling that we all get from Pearl Jam, you don't get it all that often. Um, even here in Los Angeles, Paul and I, you know, we, we saw something like six years ago together and it's just an absolute gift. So we want to thank you for doing what you're doing, doing it so well, and please continue. And if you can get up here at some point, or if we can get down to Peru, that'd be fantastic because it's, it's an absolute treat. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We're honored. Bye. There you go, Red Mosquito. They were at the time live from Peru, and uh, they were a joy to speak to, and, and the energy and the excitement they have in uh, being a band together, um, playing together. Um, playing Pearl Jam's music. You could feel it. You could hear it in their voice. Uh, Jairo was was so excited. He could barely get through his first answer. You could tell. Yeah, he was just, it was great. Just so stoked to be on the show and, and talk about this thing that we love called Pearl Jam. Um, I got to give a big shout out and uh, kudos to Jose for, um, for translating for Luis. 
he's also, I believe, the band manager. So thank you uh-huh. for that. Uh, one note we want to make mention again is uh, Lufo, the bass player's um, original band named Emergency Blanket. They have a new album out now. It came out last month. It's called Musica de Emergencia. My Spanish is not the best. Um, so that came out. It's their first Spanish-only record. All the records they've had before that are English. Um, so please uh, go out and check them out. Their new single is called Zombies. It's very good. Um, and actually, funny story, uh, Jose was telling me before we got on air here that they nearly opened for Pearl Jam when Pearl Jam came to Peru. How, how wild is that, man? 2011. That's, incre- that's crazy to me. Apparently, something to do with you know that Pearl Jam brought X to play with them, and so I guess they didn't need a secondary act. But you know, these guys are no uh, no slouch when it comes to playing uh, for big bands. Apparently, they've opened for STP, Soundgarden, Faith No More, Aerosmith, and Creed. So they got the chops. They do. And uh, so go check out Emergency Blanket. Go check out their new album. Go check out their old albums. Very good stuff. But as far as Red Mosquito goes. They, they were a blast to talk to, and I, I look forward to talking to them again. So do I, Jason. I really enjoyed this one. Um, like I said, you know, just that, that it's the commitment and the dedication that you mentioned in the interview that these band members have to the music that they love, both their own and uh, the music that inspires and influences them. And uh, I mean, I, it's just how cool is it to say, hey, I'm going to go see this tribute band and you're going to hear not just the way the song sounds necessarily on the album cut, but you're going to hear a, a Mike McCready solo, the way it was played on, uh, hell, I don't know, uh, live on two legs or something like that. Right. Mm. So you're, you're, you're just listening to a version of a song and it, it just, it, it, it transports you to this place that, quite frankly, and you've said this multiple times that we really need because we, we, we can't go see these guys right now. You know, we can't go see the band now. There's no tour. Uh, and I don't know when there will be. And so this is the next best thing. And, and honestly, what this has taught me is, uh, it's more than just the next best thing. It's its own thing. And it's just as deserving of your attention and your time and your energy. So again, I encourage everybody to go check red mosquito out and uh you know pour yourself a nice scotch like i've got right here right? <laughs> and, and and wrap an emergency blanket around yourself there you go and, and and go listen to some zombies man yeah so yeah uh, like paul just said uh their youtube channel is fantastic and there are some really amazing crowds watching these guys perform oh they're um, electric it's oh my god so, i think that i saw almost a mosh pit during off he goes it's like a warp tour in peru it's crazy so <laughs> go check that out um, and thanks again to Luis for sprinkling in a little live guitar playing. How cool was yeah, that? Yeah, that was so impromptu and outstanding. I loved it. It had a Fantastic. cool, like, f- uh, nouveau flamenco vibe to it. At yeah. Times. It was, it was, it was and, awesome. And uh, he, he did close us out with a lovely live version of uh, Present Tense. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know, we've got a Lyric of the Week coming up. We do, Jason. And Paul, that lyric of the week comes from No Code, and it's present tense. Have you ideas on how this life ends? Check your hands and study the lines. Have you the belief that the road ahead ascends So great lyric. And it begs the question, Jason, have you any ideas on how this life ends? I don't. And I'm okay with not knowing, oh, which, which right. some folks have a problem with, mm. but we'll get there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this this song and this this chunk of lyrics, the second verse here, um, it's pretty straightforward to me. Uh, so many people either think they know what's at the end of the road of life, mm-hmm. or they spend a crazy amount of time worrying about it. You can't do this, in my opinion. You will not have have you will not live a healthy or robust life if you're worrying about something you cannot control or really ever know with certainty. You know, you need to release yourself from this thinking, in my opinion. Life is getting harder and harder to live. And we've realized that uh, exponentially in the last few years. So many of us around the world in different ways over the last few decades to varying degrees, especially, you know, there is so much uncertainty, whether it be born of government turmoil or climate change, religious persecution, rabid economic inequality, like all of these things seem to be getting worse, not better. So naturally we're going to worry. That's just, you know, human nature to do that. So the last line there begs the question, are we getting something out of this all-encompassing trip? It begs the question, are we really living? Are, are we taking time and conscious thought to appreciate what's directly in front of us? The day-to-day mm-hmm. is being grateful for what we have and not focusing on what we don't have is really the idea to me. Only when we focus on this will we be at peace with ourselves to live in the present tense. And from there, we will be able to better make decisions to affect the future in ways that benefit us. In the words of Garth Algar, speaking to his buddy, Wayne Campbell, (laughs) stop torturing yourself, live in the now. Well said, Garth. Well said, indeed. You just gotta, you gotta keep on living, man. L I V I N. Right? <laughs> is that is that McConaughey? It is McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, it it these lyrics are great. I was so excited when you sent these to me. Um, well, you can thank Luis for playing the song, getting it stuck. I in my should head. thank you, Luis, because th- this conversation. It, it number one, it's an extension that I think those listening aren't aware of, but. Uh, for those of you who are listening, Jason and I had a, probably an hour-long conversation before we ever even hit record about a lot of the themes and motifs that are coming out in these lyrics right now. Um, you look at this line here, seems that needlessly it's getting harder to find an approach and a way to live. Are we getting something out of this all-encompassing trip? And uh, part of our conversation, and it's a continuing conversation that I think everybody listening has, has has been a part of in some capacity in their own lives where you look at, especially here where we're at in California, you look at the cost of living, you look at the ROI, meaning the return on the investment. What, what are we getting out of this? Um, what are we getting out of this as Americans? And I don't want to, you know, uh, pigeonhole this to one state over another, as much as it is just a, this this concept of wealth inequality, you know, which I think is a really, really big issue that that does not get the attention that it should from our elected representatives. And I, globally, I, by the way. And globally. It, it oh is God. a, glo- you know, we talk about a global pandemic. Wealth inequality is right up there with any virus mm-hmm. or disease. And I, I personally would argue that it's claiming just as many lives. And you really have to think about the haves and the have nots. And if you're not part of the haves, which the majority of us are not, what, what are you doing to improve your quality of life? What sacrifices are being made? What compromises are, must be achieved? And is that return enough to justify those choices? And if you have children on top of that, what values are you imparting? What path are you creating? What guide are you serving as for their future in turn? And these are questions that, I mean, I don't want to say that they haunt me because I, I don't think that's the right word, but they're certainly ones that consume me. And, and I think they consumed Eddie and they consumed the band when they composed this song. And when you think about the way the song builds and it, it kind of builds into what I would call a celebration at the end of the present tense. And that doesn't mean that you have to ignore the future. Uh, it does mean that you have to try to find a way to, to not borrow 
anxiety and trouble, right? Because if you're, if you're borrowing that and just heaping that on your shoulders, it really does become overwhelming, needlessly so. Um, but on the, on the flip side here, the difficulties that we face and a lot of the challenges that we're dealing with right now as a society, they really are needlessly getting harder. Uh, when I say they, I mean um, the lives that we're trying to live, uh, which I don't think necessarily entail grand designs on anyone's part as much as it is. You just want, you want to just provide for your family. You want to live a good life. You want to be able to enjoy the basics some, that should man. you know, when America was great in the fifties and people could have one breadwinner in the house yes. and they could have a house and two cars. Exactly. You know, that, that was pretty um, great to me. Absolutely. And, and as I mentioned to you before we click record, I mean, the fact that the place I live in has gone up $400,000 in value in eight years is absurd to me. And what reality is that normal, you know? And so you just kind of think about these types of things and you ask yourself, you know, what is the the way to live? And how do you get something out of this? You know, because it really feels like an all encompassing trip. And I, and I feel like it's, it's very much a song for our times. Um, and just as we spoke about tracks like WMA and some of these other ones where we say it's just weird how, and unfortunate that, these themes are still relevant today. This We can chalk this up as being yet another one of those. One of those songs that a lot of this is still relevant today and we, we, we still haven't uncovered the answers. It feels with, with every passing election, every passing year that we get farther and farther or is it further and further? I think it's further and further. further. <laughs> exactly. Uh, away. All the grammar Nazis out there are going to be like, what are you exactly. talking about? Exactly. Uh, away from what our real meaningful solutions. And so to those of you listening, I mean, this, this is a, a conversation and it's, it's a conversation that I think we all need to be having together about how to help each other find the best way to live, because I think we all want the same thing. It's just the um, conditions under which we're trying to find it in some ways are very different, but in some ways, as the song points out, it really is a universal plight that we're all we're all in the midst of together. Well said. Um, Present tense is one of those songs I feel like a lot of people really grasp onto. And it's not necessarily one that's played a ton. Mm. Um, but whenever I've seen it live, it does elicit some sort of reaction that's a little bit more than just, oh, I love the song. Yeah. It's a way of life track, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, guys, if you, if you have your thoughts on on this on this track on on these lyrics, you know, please you know, let us know what you think. Uh, do you agree with us? Um, especially, especially those folks that live outside of America. I'm curious to how how things are in your neck of the woods and how this song applies to you. Um, with that said, we need to listen to a live version of this, and it should probably be the best live version. So let's go to our live cut of the week. All right, Paul, live cut of the week. You told me that there was a bit of a inner turmoil about which one this was going to be, but we have to put, put by the rules, don't we? We do. We do. I, I will freely admit that uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for um, a version of the song from 1998, which would actually be the Yield Tour. Um, but that particular version is not eligible to be the best live cut ever. We're sorry. Based, based on my self-imposed <laughs> rules, which and state that I should try to select the best version from the tour of the album on which the song originates from. And guys, and I will uh, tell you that unlike Lindsey Graham, Paul Gillieri is a man of his word. I don't flip-flop. Yeah, not. exactly. Yeah. Now, I, I will say this, though. Uh, just honorable mention, July 22nd, 1998, Seattle. Okay, go check that version out of uh, Present Tense. It's clean, it's crisp, it's pristine, it's beautiful. I highly encourage you to listen to that version, but it's not from the No Code Tour. That doesn't make it any less of a great track, obviously. Um, but it's a different sound, though, as well. It, one of the first things you mentioned to me when you, when you revisited this track here from 1996, which is where we're going for this track, was how incredible Mike's guitar sounds. And, and I'm not surprised. Uh, there was a certain way the song was played. 
in 96. And I think that they nailed it on November 3rd, 1996 in Berlin. Uh, this show was broadcast um, on a lot of radio stations around the world, not just in, in Germany. And they kind of, I'm taking notes here from two feet thick because obviously I wasn't at the show itself. But what really struck me about it was how Eddie delivers this speech about taking care of your neighbor, right? And it just really, it's interesting based on some of the things that you and I just talked about, about being there for each other and this, this bigger conversation that, that I feel needs to be had. Um, and then they led into red mosquito, which is perfect based <laughs> on the interview we just had. Right. <clears throat> so you get this particular track here and Mike's guitar does sound outstanding. There's uh, you probably have more to say on, on that note, which I'll let you riff on here in a second, no pun intended, but this particular version here, it really shines and there was something about the band that day that they just, they were very much living in the present tense. I mean, you could, you could just feel that they just kind of were, were, I don't want to say liberated by the fact that the show is being broadcast, but there's something about the band when the show is being broadcast, it always brings out their mm. A game. I mean, we, 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 we saw that in Atlanta 94, you know. Um, Chicago. Chicago, we saw that as well. At, at Soldier Field, there's just something about it that seems to just Melbourne. trigger the band. Yeah. And this show was no different. And, and this particular version here really seems to articulate and encapsulate what is so wonderful about that track. Uh, yeah, this is an excellent show. Uh, one of those standout shows, especially from the tour, if not the band's career. Uh, I mentioned Mike's guitar because it, uh, it has a little extra growl in it. Which you know, you think about the studio version of this song, and it's it's pretty clean. Mm-hmm. But you could tell here he had dialed a little bit of dirt in, and I don't know if you can hear it, but when he goes from the verse into the chorus, you kind of you can hear him move the volume pot on his guitar, which basically makes the guitar louder, and therefore will will overdrive the amp more, getting them more crunch. So he basically created this dichotomy of flavors between verse in the chorus, which isn't really there in the studio version. So it kind of elevated it to this different level mm-hmm. um, that we're not really used to. So I really appreciated that. Um, one of the other reasons I think they're so jazzed up for this particular show is because, uh, you know, it was on a radio station in Germany called Radio Fritz. And Eddie uh, was regaling the crowd about how he really appreciated that this particular radio station was playing records that weren't commonly listened to or heard in Germany. So he he really um, appreciated that, and he then leads into this version of present tense. Um, well, you know what? I'll just let Eddie lead the song in uh, for you. This is November third, nineteen ninety six, in Berlin, Germany. And now, Mike and I would like to serenade them. In 
You said it once again. Uh, this is one of those shows that is epic. This is a version of the song that is obviously epic. It's a long song. The, the jam outs are always great. It's always fun to listen to how far they go uh, with those jam outs at the end, especially with Ed doing his little, um, you know, high note picky thing. Okay, can we get some 96 in our vault releases? Oh my God. Huh? If we, can, we can call back to our own, own, own episode yep. episodes ago. Yeah, we need a no code vault show for sure. Um, this show, much like Atlanta 94, which you brought up earlier, uh, features Ed going on the radio station afterwards to spin yep. records of his own and talk with fans about anything life. Um, I find that to be very interesting. And so it made me think, you know, when is that going to happen again? Wouldn't it be cool 
if you know when, whenever you know normalcy comes back and we have concerts wouldn't it be cool if there was a show that was broadcast either on radio or on, on satellite radio and then afterwards Ed just hopped into the uh the truck you know a side stage and just did a his own spinning wouldn't that be awesome it would be great i think he he would begin by pouring himself a margarita and then he would play a mud honey song i can almost almost Probably. guarantee that's how it would open we Did should you get Mark that, Arm that on the clip, show. By the way, no, I, that's he actually he. I don't. I, I, this was uh, on Instagram or or I forget where it was, but he. Uh, there's the clip. I got to show it to you where he literally makes himself like a margarita out of whatever. The oh, hell he that was find. that was that was the um, 2020 Digital Ohana. They yeah. did a live stream, and he right. was doing all the interludes. He made himself. It's it, like this is for Mark Arm. Yeah, it, it, it was disgusting. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Pickles but I, I love him even more for that. It was fantastic. Anyway. That, was, that was like quintessential Eddie personality. It's like, eh, we'll throw some fucking mint in here too. Yeah, why, why not? That's delicious. Okay, it's not, but I'm still going to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think I think we have to actually do that. We have to convince them to bring one of these things back because he's obviously has plenty to talk about these days. Indeed. But it'd be very, be very cool. Anywho, thanks again to Red Mosquito, a lively, fun interview. Uh, we will talk to them again at some point. I don't know when, hopefully sooner rather than later. Emergency Blankets, new album out now. Uh, Musica de Emergencia. I think I said that right at that time. New song is called Zombies. Uh, check Red Mosquito out on Instagram and YouTube. It's spelled M-O-S-K-I-T-O, Mosquito. Yeah. And anything else, Paul? That's it. Great show. Great interview. Great live cut. Great song. Great co-host. Great audience. Huh? Yeah, great co-host. Oh, uh, look at you. You're a doll. Love. You're a doll. Okay. That's <laughs> enough of that crap. Until next time, part five with our friends in Southern California in Vitalogy. You've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Yeah.